Alright, it is Saturday night. It is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Very good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How's your week been? It's been a very uh, successful one. Uh, I'm good to go, and, uh, you know, we're a little bit behind schedule this evening thanks to technical difficulties, but uh, at least we're here and ready to go. Well, I want to... I have these new headphones. I want to be able to use them, you know? Yes. Otherwise, why did I buy them? Well, I got them. So, uh, the other day, my parents went out. They went to this uh, store. Actually, it used to be a fire hall. They turned it into a little store. Oh, cool. So, they sell a bunch of cool things. My dad saw these. He's like, he's like okay, I'm going to get these. <laughs> The guy wanted ten dollars, and my dad's like, "Oh, come on! I'll give you give it to me for five. Come on!" It's like, "Okay, I will." Totally fine. I'm like, "Cool." <laughs> Your dad seems like a cool guy, cool negotiator. <laughs> oh, you don't understand. You don't know. When I was growing up, everywhere he went, this is normal in Italy too. Yeah. They they negotiate like uh, we have the outside. We have the the. Little flea market, uh, kind of like sidewalk uh, things, little markets. Yeah. Every Wednesday, the vendors will say one price. My dad will be like, come on, I saw this somewhere else. It was less than this. Come on. <gasps> and then, uh, then uh, first the vendors will be like, no, I can't. I can't. Come on. That's the price. My dad's like, okay. How about I stay? He starts walking. The guy's like, oh, yeah, come back. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> no, man. Jeez, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yes, well, unfortunately, we can't bargain, by and large, with wrestling for a better product. <laughs> but, but having said that, um, I will say, um, from a in-ring perspective, I thought SmackDown was really good this week. Okay. I, I never thought I would say that in this day and age of SmackDown. But what the hell? Um, okay, so tonight uh, we we have a shorter show because uh, we cut out a rampage. Yeah, well, it's, it's about time we have a shorter show, man. I feel like we've been running marathons lately. So, oh, give me one moment. Fans, we back shortly. Alright, so... Yeah, you are saying SmackDown was uh, not a bad show this week. Not in terms of the in-ring product, by and large. Alright, and uh, actually, uh, so tonight we have NXT. We have Dynamite. SmackDown. We have the tournaments... We're we're down to the end of this tournament that I've been uh, posting on my uh, TikTok page, and we have two time warps, as well as wrestling roulette. But first, Ben, remember last week I introduced you to the girl with the yellow raincoat and the mask. Yes. Then I introduced you to Mr. Alfonso. Yeah, he was especially creepy, I must say. <laughs> well, that was a movie called Alice, Sweet Alice from 1976. It is Brooke Shields' debut 
her very first movie, he was like 12 years old. Weird. I, I always thought that her first movie was Blue Lagoon. What do I know? Nope. Her first movie was Alice Sweet Alice. And I have here the trailer for that movie. Are you ready? Okay. Please, please don't give us a copyright strike here, people. <laughs> Actually, I don't think we've gotten any of any of that. Well, Brooke Shields in Holy Terror. Alice was too old to play with dolls and too young to make love. Brooke Shields, as you've never seen her before, she was too beautiful to play with boys and too young to play with men. So Alice began to play with death. She's made repeated requests that we can see a psychiatrist. She has a knack of making things look like accidents. not messed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's extremely messed up. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to get off the air somewhat earlier because I'm gonna need to get to sleep early <laughs> to, to avoid that. Are you scared? Are you afraid? Uh, yes, I actually. Am. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like that's one, and then um. The second one I had for you is actually, um, alright, so, at the beginning you saw the witch on my uh, profile picture, right? Yes. That is Griselda the Ghastly Gourmet, and that is from a TV show called The Hilarious House of Frightenstein. House of Frightenstein, alright. Hilarious House of Frightenstein, and... The main character is Billy Van. He plays the Count and his assistant Igor. And he's working on this Frankenstein monster named Brucey. What? <laughs> and there's like all these, uh, all these uh, oh, characters. Dear. There's all these characters. But the cool thing about it is it's narrated by Vincent Price. Well, that does make it cool. And here is the opening intro for The House of Frankenstein, okay? Here we go. Another lovely day begins. Simple 
And that was that. And you're probably thinking, what did you <laughs> used to watch when you were growing up? What is wrong with you? Yeah, I thought this was a wrestling podcast. <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> oh, you like it. And you know it. Besides, it, it, you get an insight into uh, why I am the way I am with all these weird pictures I scare you with. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Alright, so, um, let me, fans, we will be right back. I'm going to pull up the uh, NXT results, and we'll be back shortly. Alright, first we have the NXT Level Up tapings. We have Thea Hale defeating Ariana Grace in the opening match. Then we had Guru Raj defeating Miles Born and Ivy Nile defeats Electra Lopez in the third match of the evening. Now on to the NXT show itself. This is all the all the fallout from In Your House. And the opening match we had Josh Briggs defeating Von Wagner. Ben, uh, you've seen Von Wagner, right? Yes, sir. What do you think? I'm not convinced. Right? Y- okay. Know, it, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Yeah. It, last time I saw Von Wagner, it really seemed that they were trying to push him. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, you know, and to be honest with you, I from, from what I saw of Josh Briggs, I wasn't that impressed with him either. So I don't know. Are they still trying to push one or both, or what's uh, the story they're, there? They're, they're, they're still trying to. Apparently, he's feeding with uh, Josh Briggs and uh, Brooks Jensen. So I don't even. I don't really know what's going on with him. So, so what's the? No, no pardon me. I because I don't watch NXT, but um, why? Why would a singles guy be be uh, feuding with a tag team? Who knows? <laughs> it's so it's just it's weird. The second match was pretty good. Nathan Fraser defeating Santos Escobar, of course. Oh, boo. Okay. Of of course, uh, we had Tony D'Angelo out in commentary, uh, talking down to Santos, telling him to stop using the Boston Crab and telling him to do this and do that. Then we had the finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Roxanne Perez defeats Tiffany Stratton. This was not a bad match, actually. So, okay. Um, when did they do the male breakout tournament? Do you remember? That was um, Carmelo Hayes uh, won that one. No, no, I know who won it. I'm just saying. No, I you. know. I, I, I think, uh, wasn't that... Um, was that around the time that this uh, first uh, the 2.0 uh, revamped? Yeah, just about, I think. Yeah. yeah. Then we had a handicap match. A pretty deadly defeating Andre Chase. God, I can't stand Andre Chase. Well, you know, I never thought I'd be cheering for pretty deadly after what I saw from them. Uh... You know, just because they kind of creep me out a little bit. Um, they were like, you know, they were like Billy and Chuck meets. Um, 
<laughs> you know, uh, meets the Power Rangers with their outfits. And, of course, we have Alba Fire defeating Tatum Paxley. Of, how far... Kaylee Ray! How far has Kaylee Ray fallen? Like, this is... Uh, just... And Braun Breaker's next opponent has been revealed. It's um, Apollo Crews, right? Apollo Crews. And in the main event, we had Apollo Crews and Soto Sokoa defeating Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller. Well, good. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad that they're um, sending Apollo Crews back to NXT just so that he can be in a place where he. Is getting used because, the, like, I am shocked, and this is through no fault of his own because I really like Apollo Cruz. I'm not saying anything against him, but I'm shocked that he's still employed by the WWE because they have done next to nothing with it. You know, and. and and the last time I saw him, I mean, who gives a fuck about Commander Aziz? Well, apparently uh, they're going to be sending him back to NXT as well. But they're not going to put him together, so that's good. Thank Christ. Small miracles, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Small miracles. Now, I have to talk to you about this re-debut that we're going to see next week. Oh, God. Giovanni Vinci. Isn't that supposed to be Fabian Eitner? Yes. Oh my god. What the hell? What? This is what you do. You call up uh, Marcel Barthel and Walter and you leave Fabian Hector behind for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I guess um, I guess we'll find out. Now, based on the um, based on the Video package that they ran. Um, what what is the gimmick for Giovanni Vinci? He's supposed to be some kind of like some kind of, the Italian version of Alberto Del Rio. Kind of like he's like okay, Giovanni Vinci. Giovanni is Italian for Johnny. Vinci is Italian for winner. So he's supposed to be some kind of like. Uh, and now Bedford the real type character who wins oh, who, who wins at everything. So he's a winner. Oh Christ. Can I be oh. his translator? Because I'll translate for him when he cuts his promos. Yeah, I, I guarantee I guarantee you. Well I you know what I, I can't bash it because I like Fabian Eichner, but you know, it's just I don't know. <laughs> God. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if they do anything like they're doing with Alba Fire, ladies and gentlemen, her name is Kaylee Ray, then I'm not interested. But, we'll, I mean, we'll see. I guess I'm just so jaded by what WWE has turned NXT into that it's just like, ugh. Well, he debuts next uh, Tuesday. All right, well, then I might, I might have to watch that episode just to... Um, and um, next. just to be able to contribute intelligently to the NXT conversations. Well, um, and then of course next Tuesday, I believe it's the twenty first, right? So, but and I told you the twenty first, you were going to be on our on our show, our guest on our the other show, but 
the 24th, the Friday is the 24th, so it will be the 24th, actually. Okay. So, it's, he's, he's going to be away that week. So, the 24th is the actual date. Okay. Yeah, it's right, going so, to be a wrestling weekend, because I have, um, on the 25th, I have the 13th anniversary of Elite Pro Wrestling Alliance, which is the company I'm associated with. So, we got plenty of wrestling coming up on that weekend. Very good. And now that that is the NXT for this week, so I'm going to turn over to Ben for AEW Dynamite. Ben, what do you have for us? You know, this was a very solid episode. Um, okay. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I like the Casino Battle Royal setup for the. Um, for the battle royal to determine the um, who who go, who went on to face John Moxley in the main event, I would have just done a um, a regular battle royal. But I understand that the, the buy-in format is kind of what AEW does. But can, but, I, can I also say uh, the final two were so random? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and I. I didn't really like that myself because <clears throat> no, don't get me wrong. I like Kyle O'Reilly, I really do, but I'm I'm not sure why he would why he would get the nod here to move on um, to face Mosley because to me. When you have the opportunity to do Andrade versus Moxley, then you do that. Um, so that's what I would have liked to have seen. And then, and then, even even if you don't go with with Andrade, uh, why not why not go with Ray Phoenix? You know, so it's just I think they they missed some some opportunities there. Uh, my number one pick would have been to, for Andrade to go after um, John Moxley. And the other thing, too, is like, you know, at Double or Nothing, we saw this uh, promo for Andrade introducing um, Roosh to the AEW yep. audience, and we haven't seen him since. So... There are just a few things that are very um, that are very eyebrow raising in terms of um, what a what AEW is doing right now. Um, so, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying this to be like uber critical, but it, I I just find it confusing. Um, the the ending to. Excuse me, the ending to this match was an example of that. Now, I have no problem with Moxley advancing to um, Forbidden Door, but it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see um, how they do this. Now, obviously, they are promoting um, Forbidden Door, but with with all of this. Um, with all of this NJPW involvement right now, 
I'd be very interested in to see if this is a precursor to a longer partnership with NJPW. Do we have um, any more matches or just uh, John Moxley? Um, what, at Forbidden Door? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like a full pay-per-view. I don't know what it's going to look like. No, I said, um, do, we have, do we have any more matches or do they still have to announce matches? I mean, on, yeah, they're going to announce more matches. I don't, oh, okay. Let me, let, me look, let me look up what the card looks like so far. I'm just right, curious. That's, yeah, that's what I was asking, like if uh, they had the card all set. Um, yeah, let me let me look, and then we'll get back into uh, dynamite because that's a, that's a good um, that's a good question. Forbidden door. Oh, then I have the two questions that I wanted to that I uh, we uh, posted last week. I want to get your answers on those questions. Okay, hang on one second. Oh, uh, we only uh, have two. We only have two matches. Wow. So, so, so far, it's so, only two, two matches. So they get, they really gotta uh, pick up the intensity here because we're um, we're 15 days away as we as we are recording this right now. Yep. So right now we have um, a fatal four-way match for the AEW All Atlantic Championship, which um, was just um, which was just introduced. On this episode of Dynamite, but why? I'm not sure. It looks like it looks like it's gonna be, um, it's gonna be uh, you know, w, or AEW's version of uh, Intercontinental title. You know, but and I oh, like geez. I like I like the concept of of them having um, you know wrestlers. Um, you know, representing different uh, different countries, but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if AEW needs another title. Well, that's why I'm saying I'm sorry, Ethan Page. Uh, you're not that you're not going to win. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I just well, cause he's facing Miro. Well, yeah, I mean, Ethan Page is going to die. Um, but. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of miffed. I, I don't want to say miffed because it sounds like I'm pissed off, but I, let's just say I'm, I'm dubious about um, AEW um, presenting another championship. Because, you know, we already, now obviously we have, we have the, the World Heavyweight and the AEW women's titles. But then on the mid card, we also have the tag team titles and the um, TNT title. So I'm and, just the, and, the, and the TBS title. Ex- exactly. So that's, that's five. That's five titles. So we're introducing six, a sixth title for a company that only has five hours of television. Well, I have a question. Weren't they supposed to introduce a trios championship or something? Well, yeah, I, I mean, and I would have, I would have vastly preferred that because at least, it, at least they've been 
teasing that for a long time now. So, and it, it seems like it's perfectly tailor-made for Blackpool Combat Club, and now they're just going, uh, going in a different direction. And we even put a question out about that, who's going to be the first team to win the Trios Championship, and now they introduced this new one instead. Yeah, I, I remember that. So it's just, it, it's interesting. Now, I'm going to hold off judgment until until we get, you know, kind of further down the road. But it's just kind of weird. Um, and the final, uh, the final uh, four entrants for, uh, for the Battle Royal to kick off the show... You know that was that was really the only point where the match became interesting. So, and and the other the other thing too is the final two were Kyle O'Reilly and, and Wheeler Yuta. Random. And it's like, why? <laughs> I'm sorry, you have Andrade and Ray Phoenix in there, and the. Talking about the final four, and the final two are Kyle O'Reilly and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler oh, Yuta, who who we've barely seen since he won the um, the ROH Pure Championship at the at the pay per view. I know he's associated with um, with Blackpool Combat Club. I'm not blind, but it's just. This was very. This was very random. I so, actually, I actually have that as uh, my low point, the battle royal. Well, I, I agree. I would. I had this as a low point myself. Now, high point was Pack versus Buddy Matthews. Yep. Um. This was. This was awesome. I. I mean, I could watch those guys fight all day. And then. Um, and then shortly thereafter. We have the debut of Will Ospreay on. Uh, what did you think? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm gonna be very honest with you here. I don't follow NJPW at all. Um, I've seen um, the Stone Pitbull a few times. Tamahiro Ishii. Um, you know, both from online and, you know, the AEW shows that he's been on. But past that, I'm really not familiar with NJPW outside of him and, um, and, uh... Minoru Suzuki? Well, him too. And then, of course, of course, uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Outside of that, I don't know jack shit about NJPW, so it is almost um, unfair of me to offer. I got you covered. Come um, on. I'm not. I've never really been a big fan of Will Ospreay. I just don't get it with this guy. Like I've seen his matches. His matches are good. I just don't get it. I'm not like a f- fan of his. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm I'm just saying I'm not saying it was bad or anything like that. I'm just saying I don't know because yeah. you know I've only seen clips and I've only seen very, very brief glimpses. 
Now, I, I will say, based on what I've seen, I, I saw this one sequence of an old match that he had with Ricochet, and that and that was insane. But even even that was just a spot fest. So so, you know, it's just one of the, it's just one of those things. You know, um, whenever you have um, have brought up NJPW on this show, it always seems to be within the tag team conversation. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what they mostly do there. Like a tag team match, followed by a six-man tag match, followed by an eight-man tag match, followed by a ten-man <laughs> Like, jeez. Uh, like, it's exhausting getting through one of those shows. Yeah. And, and, and especially, especially when there's an open mic and no commentary. You know, and, and if, if Kevin Kelly is not doing commentary... It's very um, I, I don't I don't want to come I don't want to come off the wrong way just because they're not speaking English, but it's just no it's hard to understand it's hard because to because of the fact that it that I can't understand what they're saying, yeah. it's just kind of hard to um follow to follow the product. Um, but I'm excited to see um what they you know what they can come up with. At Forbidden Door, I do want to get that pay per view, um, just because you know it'll it'll be honestly my first dose of NJPW uh, in its in its entirety, like an entire show. This will be the first one I've ever seen, which which is surprising to me because you know I'm a thirty plus year wrestling fan, and I'm all, I'm always down to you know to see something that I haven't seen before. Um, but at the, at the same time, I just want to be honest with you and, and tell you that, you know, if, if I'm coming across as, as unenthusiastic for Will Ospreay, it's nothing against him. I'm just not familiar with, with his work. Um, and, and I, I will say this based off of the, um, because, because when I, when I saw him come out, I was like, oh, you know, holy shit. Only because like I had heard the name before, and I was for some reason I just wasn't expecting him. Um, but um, I will say that the the crowd didn't pop at all for him. Um, commentary tried to make it sound like they did, but they didn't. Um, I was I was paying very close attention to that, and then. Um, and then they they had they had this tag team that's associated with Will Ospreay, and I was like, you know, what the hell is this? The the, the Aussie, um, some Aussie tag team. I forget what they're called. I want I almost want to say Aussie Open, but it's I'm not talking about a golf tournament. So I I just you know I'm not sure. Um, but um, I I think I'll be able to give you a more um, fair and balanced approach once I see Forbidden Door. That's partially why I'm excited for it. That being said, they got to turn off the intensity in promotion if they want me to um, purchase it because at this point they only have two matches. And the other thing that, that's interesting about this pay-per-view specifically, Elio, is... You know, usually we see that, w, that AEW has a lot of time to build up pay-per-views. 
they don't have that kind of time here because we just saw Double or Nothing, and now now they're turning right around like WWE style and booking um, <laughs> Forbidden Doors. So this is going to be a very interesting um, challenge for, AE, for AEW, in my opinion. You know, now for those for those that are familiar with NJPW, um, I'm assuming that people would be drooling over this, you know, because how often do we get cross-branded shows between promotions, for Christ's sake? Um, so I can I can understand the excitement um, that's there, but I'm, you know, I'm just going to have to take a, a wait-and-see approach um, just strictly out of, uh, out of fairness because I'm not familiar with it. So... But moving, moving um, back to the overall review, review of Dynamite, um, next up we had, um, let's, let's see, let me just scroll down here. We had David Finley, the son of Fit Finley, versus Hangman Page. Um, that was... Um, that was solid, not great. Ten minutes. Um, and, um, th- and this is something that um, I'm, like, on the fence about, and I'm interested to get your op- opinion on. So, this was the first time we'd seen Paige in action since he lost the world title at Double or Nothing. Um, and now, instead of going directly back after the AEW world title, he automatically um, won his shot at the NJPW title. Um, now, I, now, look, I get it. They're trying to book a big cross-promotional show. I just said that. I understand it. Um, but then, then again, I say this with WWE. So I'm going to have to say the same thing with AEW and ask the um, and ask the obvious question here. What has Paige done to be in the conversation for an NJPW title? Does he have history with NJPW? You know, it, it would almost make more sense if... Actually, Adam he does. He, he does. He's okay. been, he's, he was in the Bullet Club. Oh, he oh he was. See, I didn't yeah. see. I didn't know that. This is why yeah. I asked. He was he was a, a former member. I'm not sure what the era of the Bullet Club, but he was part of the Bullet Club. Okay, well that answered my question. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. Um, and then uh, we had a lot of promo time on this show. It was it was kind of weird, but um, but the next match was. The low point of the goddamn evening. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand the women's division on AEW. It is so atrocious. The Thunder Rose and Marina Shafir. What did Marina Shafir ever do to get a shot at the women's championship? Well, can I can I answer that in all seriousness? Yes. Well, apparent, apparently in... In, okay, 
I'm not saying this makes sense, but I'm just saying that this this is what they, they did. Apparently, when it comes to the rankings, they include wins from AEW Dark and bring them over to Dynamite. And that's what? That makes absolutely no sense. I mean, you know, do you, do you know anybody that watches Dark? I mean, look, look I'm, not, I'm not being a smartass. I'm, I'm really not. I've seen Dark, but I don't watch it regularly. I just can't do it every week. I mean, I watch, I watch that for as long as it is for the podcast that I do. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't afford to do put any more add any more on there. Well, I I agree, and and you know the thing is, even even without bringing the ranking questions into into play, which I which. I disagree with because we barely see Marina Shafir on AEW Dynamite, and, and after after what we saw of her um, on uh, Wednesday, I have to ask you a question: What the fuck is she doing in the ring with Thunder Rosa? This woman, look, no disrespect whatsoever, but she she couldn't wrestle in NXT. She can't wrestle here. It's got. It's goddamn atrocious. I w- I mean, I would never believe in a million years that if Thunder Rosa is in the ring, I would call something a bad match. That was a bad match that had no business on national television or even local television back in the day of three channels. That didn't belong on TV at ben, all. Ben, I just did some math in my head, okay? If I added dark and elevation to my schedule... I'd be watching 14 hours of wrestling every week. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know you can't do that because you, you and I have the same approach to uh, pro wrestling just in general. But good lord, people. And plus, I love my movies. I wouldn't be able to watch any movies if I were to do that. Yes, and then you wouldn't be able to scare the shit out of me and then confuse <laughs> the people at the beginning of the show. So, I understand. But, uh, yeah, this this match had no business on TV. And, um, you know, the, the women's division continues to be a glaring weakness of AEW. You know, we, I mean, I, I talk shit on WWE's women's division for goddamn good reason. But... But this, what we see on Dynamite is so bad, it's not even fun. It's not even halfway amusing at this point. So, uh, moving on, we have the, the main event of the evening, which was awesome. Good God. John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the review, I don't know why Kyle O'Reilly won the uh, won the battle royal. I I have nothing against Kyle O'Reilly, but I don't I don't see him as a single star at all. Um, you know his singles run in, in uh, NXT before he left is cool, Kyle. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't uh, that wasn't hitting. <laughs> for me at all. Pardon me. And, um, oh, my. You okay? Yeah. 
pardon, pardon me. I just, you know. See, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's that Thunder Rosa Marina Shafir match that you just got through talking about. Uh, I know. I I don't I don't understand that at all. But um, but having having said that, as much as I didn't like Kyle O'Reilly, you know, winning the Battle Royal, he he and John Moxley put on a hell of a wrestling match. And and there's nothing I like more than giving credit when it's due when a, when a badass performance is delivered. Um, and that certainly uh, qualifies as one of them. So it'll be very interesting to see um, who uh, faces John Moxley. We find we find that out as we discussed during the last show, um, June twelfth at NJPW Dominion. Uh, when that is tomorrow. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Um. I will not be getting that because if I got that, then it's just, it's it's too much for uh, for one month. I I already have to pay a um, a hefty gym bill on uh, on Monday morning. I actually thought it was uh, today, but then the encounter might nope. Uh, tomorrow's the twelfth. Okay. Yes, exactly. So. Um, so I'm very excited for John Moxley, and we'll see if um, he faces Tanahashi or Goto for um, for the title at for the interim title at Forbidden Door. I would assume, um, just based on logic, that it's going to be Tanahashi because he was the original plan to go one on one with CM Punk at Forbidden Door, and he was introduced on AEW television, so I would assume that that would still be still be the case. I don't see a new guy that we've never seen. I'm not saying new guy, but I don't see a person that the AEW audience hasn't been introduced to, um, you know, uh, going on to Forbidden Door to, uh, you know, because at, at that point, just to me, because if this was for the NJPW title, We'd be having an entirely different conversation, but I think just for the fact that it's for the AEW interim title, it's a it's a dead giveaway that that the the um, AEW guy would win, especially against somebody we hadn't been introduced to on AEW TV. So, um, but overall, uh, wrestling wise. I would give this show a, an eight or a nine, even because it was it was uh, really good outside of uh, outside of the shit show that was uh, Marina Shafir and Thunder Rose. Good God, they need to get their their women's division together because I don't know what the fuck that is. Um. So uh, next up, we have. Uh, Friday Night Smackdown. Elio, do you want to take the lead on that one, or do you want me to do it? I can do that. All right, so Friday Night Smackdown, yeah, you're right. It was it was an okay show. It wasn't uh, the terrible show that, that it usually is, but uh, it was just okay. Uh, high point, I have Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Yes, and and um, uh, 
Can I, before you move on, can I just say something um, about that? Now, from from an in-ring perspective, this was awesome. I, don't know, I had no problem with the match. Um, I saw a lot of complaining regarding the DQ finish, and let me be let me be clear, folks, because you know if you have listened to this show on any type of regularity, you know my distaste for DQ finishes and their overuse. Now here, I was cool with it because. We already know that Drew McIntyre has a title shot against Roman Reigns at the upcoming uh, stadium show. Um, the the uh, Clash what, the Castle. The, yes, thank you. I knew it was something Castle. Um, but we already know that he's facing Roman Reigns for that title then, so I, or for the Universal title at that show. So my assumption would be that there's going to be a rematch uh, next week and then eventually, whether next week or in the coming weeks, it'll be Sheamus earning a spot at Money in the Bank because obviously uh, Drew doesn't need it at this point. So, But match-wise, it, uh, it was awesome. And uh, Sheamus definitely deserves a title shot in my, or at least, at least to be in a, in a contender situation for a title shot. So I'm cool with that. And my other high point was Gunther versus Ricochet. Uh, we have a new Intercontinental Champion. Hopefully, they do something with it, and that he does something with that belt. Yes, and. Um, and I would expect that they would because of because it's Gunther, and apparently everybody's very high on Walter. <laughs> well, because they, they uh, Ricochet didn't do anything with it. Well, that's not his fault. Is it? Is it guy, yeah. No, I know. I'm saying because uh, that's just stupid because of the way they booked him. You know, Rick, Ricochet is fantastic at everything he does. I'm. You're never going to hear me say a word against Ricochet as an in-ring talent. No, it's not going to happen. It's not his fault that they book him like shit. I'm yep. hoping he doesn't sign a five-year contract with him. Because, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, if he's getting paid, I would hope he's getting paid to, to be subjected to this bullshit. But, but at the same token... I can't complain that they're giving it to Gunther because, you know, I mean, look at the guy. I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ. But can we, uh, can we get him away from Ludwig or whatever the fuck his name is? Because it was Ludwig and now it's Ludwig. And, you know, it's, it, they switched the W to a V and now it's Ludwig. Oh, gee, oh, oh, they're really going after that Ludwig Borger character. Wow. Okay, fine. It's just weird. <laughs> and then my, and my, my last high point, my last high point is a Riddle versus Sami Zayn. I agree. I, for, I thought, I thought um, Heyman was hilarious on for, for low points, Lacey Evans versus Zia Lee. Stop. Stop. And here's my other little point, Ben. 
I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of Rue, okay? Ronda Rousey needs to stop with the whole, with the, her problems. Calling the fans, fans of, fan of Rue's. Oh, God. You know, it's just, look, I, I understood why they bought Ronda Rousey in the first time. And her first one was fantastic. She proved me wrong on that one because I was like, I don't know how how this is going to compute because not not everybody can be like a Kurt Angle or something like that, you know. And granted, uh, Shayna Baszler had been very successful before she was doomed to main roster boredom and just you know she. That was a main roster banishment. What the fuck are they doing to uh, Shayna Baszler? But that's neither here nor there in this conversation. Um, but since since Rousey came back the second time, shut. And, and this is nothing against this is nothing against Ronda Rousey. Like, hold on, I'm having a, I'm having a wrestling match with my headphones. Hang on. I bet they, no, I'm not going to say it, but I'm pretty sure they wrote that promo for her. Whoever wrote that, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? They put in the word Fanaroos in there. Her, her, and and not only the wording, but her delivery of promos is fucking awful. Oh my goodness. and they kept going after she asked the fans. Then she turns to Shotzi and says, It's Omsky. I'm like, No. No. <laughs> no stop. You know, I, guarantee, I, I guarantee you, um, Shotzi, I guarantee you, Zyoli, you know, all of these names are going to get released soon. Just based on how they're presented on television. I mean, good. You know what? Job. Instead of instead of releasing Shotzi, send her to SmackDown. I mean, send her to Raw and have her join the Judgment Day. Well, well, now I don't even want that because because now the new report is that Edge left um, Judgment Day because. Vince wants to put supernatural elements into Judgment Day. Yeah, that's what, yeah. And he didn't like that. Fuck off, Vince. Fuck off. You know, the last time we we saw supernatural elements, Shayna Baszler was running away from a fucking doll. No. But but, but, but that's what they did in the Ministry of Darkness. That was supernatural stuff they were doing. But yeah, but the Undertaker and, and Midian and all those—they were cool as fuck. You know, Lily and and fucking whoever the fuck. We we don't we don't need. No, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm saying the Judgment Day thing, the one that had supernatural things. But that's what they were doing in the Ministry of Darkness. I don't. Why would it be different here though? Oh, okay. Okay, I get it's your what, it's, it's what I'm saying. Like, because Edge said he was in, like, the Supernatural, but that's what he was doing back then. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so, that that's uh, that's all I have for SmackDown. Uh, yeah, okay. 
the for the three match the three high points I have it was uh, it was an okay show in ring performance wise but outside of the in ring work it was bad. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, that is SmackDown. That is a week in wrestling. We're gonna take a break. I'm gonna go get the tournament results here and we will be back shortly. Alright, Ben, we are back and um you fans I always say how I, how much I hate wrestling fans. You people like annoy the fuck out of me with your bullshit. Yeah, you keep saying that we're gonna lose listeners. <laughs> but I, 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 I like lists, okay? Yeah. Actually, first of all, before, sorry. Before we go on to that, Ben, I have questions for you for, uh, from this week in wrestling. Before we go on with the tournaments. Because I'm going to, I want to ask you, because uh, I put these up as polls as well. So, they kind of uh, go together. First of all, the first one has to do with Jade Cargill. Yeah. Who do you think will be Jade Cargill? Well, logically, I think... um, You mean as a healer in the ring? No, in the ring. This is like a a real question, actual question that we put up last week, this past week. Um, It would would have to be someone really legit. So either like like Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa or Serena Deeb. One one of those three. I only got one... Sorry, go on. Or Athena, if they build her up the right way, but th- that that'd be much further down the road. I only got one question, one answer on this, and this is why I said you fans annoy me. One person commented and said Sasha Banks. The fuck! <laughs> if you if you people actually think that Vince is willing, are you gonna let Sasha Banks go? You're out of your mind. And then the next question I have, which promo was better, CM Punk or MJF? MJF. And I think 52 people went, uh, 52% went with MJF. It was a close one because 48 picked uh, CM Punk. Yeah, but I truly believe it was MJF. And the comment on this one, there were like two. MJF sounds a lot more real. I think it may be a publicity stunt, but you never know. Well, that, well, that's at, at first. I was, at first, that's what I thought it was. All right, now, I now like I was saying, back to the tournament. So you fans, I, I. I call you, I call you, uh, stupid wrestling fans, because I say I hate wrestling fans, and you annoy me, but, I like lists, okay, Ben? Yeah, I know. And, every, like, uh, I'm always looking out for lists, and I found one that had the top ten villains of the 80s. Right. So when I saw this, I'm like... I'm going to turn this into a tournament just to see what would happen. Like, I, I, I wasn't planning on doing this. I just uh, tr- decided to try it out. 
by you fans with your comments and your votes. Wow. Okay, now you have my curiosity up. Except for one, which I'm not going to name because I don't even know their name, but don't come on my page and try and argue with me and say that you know everything. You've been in the business for 35 years and oh, you know God. these guys. So shut up. <laughs> this guy decides, first of all, he says no one else's uh, comment, no one else's opinion matters. Everyone is wrong and he's the only one that's right. Ted DiBiase was the top villain. And then, and uh, my co-host is uh, giving uh, the person uh, some sign language there. So, he, and then he wanted to argue with me, Jake, this, Jake Roberts and Demolition will never heals. Oh, gee. So, don't <laughs> come on my page and argue with me. You, you, you know, I know we're about to do a list, and that notwithstanding. Okay, here's a counterpoint, you fucking ass. Uh, if you want to get really competitive on our show and me ask you a question, how, how about this for competitive? If you if you want to talk about heels in the eighties, nobody can touch Piper or Roberts. Shut the hell up. <laughs> See now he doesn't piss off my co-host. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> But, um, so thank you to all the fans, uh, with their, that put their comments, like, the, the original one that I had was, uh, just, uh, the title card with, uh, the title of the tournament, and that alone got over 6,000 views. It got, actually, got 6,507 views, and there were, um, 60 comments on there. So... I already, we already went through this. We have arrived at the quarterfinals, which we were supposed to have on the last show, but I decided to move it to this show. And Ben, the first quarterfinal match, Ted DiBiase versus Randy Savage. Well, I, I, I would, I would, I would have picked, uh, I, w- I would have picked DiBiase slightly, as because, because like I. I know he had a heel run, but I did. I know he had like two heel runs, but to to me, in my head, I could never really consider Randy Savage a heel because he was one of my favorites growing up. But I just I could never really consider him a heel. Okay. Well, the results show seventy percent voted for Randy Savage, while thirty percent percent voted for Ted DiBiase. Well, I mean, that's understandable, but, uh, you know, so I can't really argue with it, but it's a matter of opinion, I guess. And our second quarterfinal matchup is Andre the Giant versus Sergeant Slaughter. Andre the Giant, absolutely. Andre the Giant destroyed Sergeant Slaughter with 86% of the votes. Well, just justifiably so on that one. And so that brings us to the semifinals. And in the semifinals, we have Randy Savage versus Andre the Giant. Ben? Um, 
I'm going to have to go with Andre. 58% agree with you because they voted for Andre. To uh, Randy Savage's 42%. So that's it. Andre the Giant moves on to face Rowdy Roddy Piper in the finals. Well, very cool. All right, and uh, once that wraps up and the finals are over, we I already have another tournament lined up. <laughs> you in these tournaments. <laughs> okay, and, and I already know what it is. So why don't you let the fans in on the secret? Well, I have two, by the way. These are fun. Like, I mean... Yes, they are, absolutely. I agree. I mean, and the, and the response that I got, like, just on this last one alone, it's like, wow. So, the first one we have is the best Hell in a Cell match. Ben, what is the best Hell in a Cell match? Undertaker, Mankind. Okay, that is on the list, yes. Or, and, well, there's two, there's two, there's two that, I, that are like neck and neck with each other. The first one I just said, and then the second one was the very first one, which was Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. To, right. me, the, to, to me, those two are untouched. And uh, should we go over these matches, or should we wait till this tournament wraps up? Well... Let's wait until till the one that we're on wraps up, and then we'll move, and then we'll start right. this new one, Hell in a Cell. And just uh, so you know, um, there's yet another one that I found. The what is what is the greatest rivalry? Oh shit, that's gonna be a really good one too. That is gonna be a really good one. Like some of the some of the rivalries on this list are. I was like, wow, this is gonna be a good. Tournament. It's gonna be awesome. I can't Absolutely. wait. I can't wait to see the votes and the comments. Absolutely. All right. So um, that is that for the tournament, and now we are going to move on to time warp, and I have two time warps for you. Oh lord! And uh, fans will be right back as I queue up the time warps. Alright, so we have Time Warp. We have two Time Warps for you. Ben, our first one is from Friday, February 24th, 1984. Oh, Lord. One month month away from my 10th birthday. God, now now you're really making me feel young, so thank you. (laughs) And of course, this is a miss out there from the Houston Coliseum. And on this card, match number one, we have Buddy Landell defeating George Weingroff. I've never heard of uh, George Weingroff. Then we have Nikolai Volkov defeating Tony Torres. Who the hell is Tony Torres? In tag team action, Black Gordon and Great Goliath defeating Jose Lothario and Buddy Marino. <laughs> cool. Then we had Terry Taylor defeating Crusher Darso. Crusher Darso. What a name. Oh, he was the Russian sympathizer in the 80s. Ah, uh, okay. The bastard. 
<laughs> then we had Chunkier Dog defeating Masao Ito. And in a loser losers gets whipped match, we had the Midnight Express defeating Magnum T and Mr. Wrestling number two. God. Yeah, that's something that I, I don't I don't see whipping Magnum TA going very well. <laughs> and in the main event, I can't make this up. I have it right here in front of me. Oh, God. Am I going to get pissed off here in a second? No, it's kind of weird. I've never heard of this. A football helmet match. Butch uh, Reed defeating Jim Danville <laughs> Lightheart. Jesus, said. That sounds like it comes straight out of 2000 WCW created. <laughs> a, a football helmet match. I, that's why I said I want to go back later on tonight and watch this because I'd like to know what the, a football helmet match is. Oh, well, I don't. <laughs> it kind of scares me. And fans back in a few seconds. I'm going to queue up the second time warp. All right, our uh, second time warp is from September 30th, 1982. It aired on October 2nd of 82. And in the first match, we have Nick Bockwinkle versus the Junkyard Dog. Bobby the Brain Heenan has been barred from ringside. Thank you, producer. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be back in Houston, Texas. We also thank you for watching Mid-South Wrestling. We hope that you'll enjoy professional wrestling, the world's most exciting professional sport. This event, one fall to a finish with no time limit in the ring. At 240 pounds from Beverly Hills, California, Nick Buckwinkle. Please get the longest entrances. Good God. Him right away. They they need to get to the ring. Oh, okay. Why? You know, so while he's making his way out. Jesus Your entrance is longer than Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and that's saying something. I'm just saying. Oh, the big thump. JYD has him up. There, he just drove him in that hard floor of that city auditorium ring. And Bachwinkle's still coming up. JYD is just going to give it to him again. It looks like he's there. There goes the howl. Hit butt. Magazines are there taking photographs of this important bout. The thump again, the big thump. And you see the Japan newspaper there taking pictures. And the JYD wins again, beats Nick Bockwinkle, the American Wrestling Association World Heavyweight Champion. 
So yeah, that, that was um, at the time uh, they used to do the Duna Territory Days, like the AWU champion would go down to Mid-South or the or vice versa champion would go up to the AWA. So that was a Nick Bogwinkle and a Junkyard Dog. Thoughts on that? Well, I just, yeah, obviously I think that that's a very uh, good match. I would I would have liked to have seen that myself. Um, I, I'm not, I gotta be honest with you, I'm not too familiar with Nick Bogwinkle. That's one of those uh, legends that's kind of, I never, I never really saw, so I can't really offer an opinion, but. You know, I just, I know who he was from that time in Junkyard Dog. Seems like an interesting matchup. Uh, that is, this is available up on YouTube, actually. I can send you the link after the show. Okay, very good. Alright, next match. Two of your uh, favorites that you seem to have become well acquainted with. Scandor, Akbar, and Buck Robley. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And now a special challenge match. And you will notice that Killer Khan and the one-man gang are not in the auditorium. They have been banned from the arena. This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit at 260 pounds. The former North American heavyweight champion, General Skandor Akbar. And at 242 pounds from Amarillo, Texas, Buckley Christopher George Robley III. And a special challenge match, Rick Ferreira calling him in to the center. Call to the bell. Colonel Buck Robley against General Skandor Akbar, and he's in there alone because his two big men of his stable is out. Bart for the match, Bill Watts. Four smashes. Buck Robley firing back. And Buck really taking it to Skandor Akbar. He's got the sleeper. Buck's got the sleeper on Akbar. The people applauding. They know that Buck Robley's got the sleeper on Skandar Akbar. Somebody just ran by. Went by the table, Bill. The man's in a sheepskin jacket. He's attacking Buck Robley from behind. Apparently Skandar Akbar again has used those Ben Franklins to hire another assassin. And that one is the Mongolian Stomper. The man managed by Carson. And he's attacked Colonel Buck Roman from behind. Double chop. And he picks Robley up. And there's that hole to his, the shit on the Maki, which is... Right, so Mongolian Stomper makes his uh, appearance down in Mid South. Mongolian Stop Stomper, holy shit! Archie Goldie, he was a big name in um, Calgary Stampede. Okay, not. I mean, honestly, not that I would know, but I'll take your word for it. And uh, next is a name that you that you'd be familiar with. We have Kamala making his debut. Very cool. This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the blue corner at 218 pounds, from Knoxville, Tennessee, Tim Horner. This is music. <laughs> what?
six feet eight inches tall so you're telling me that Kamala is as tall as the Undertaker uh no I don't I don't believe so at all (laughs) (laughs) all right sure whatever this man is undoubtedly a savage individual So pretty much it was a squash match for Kamala. He delivered two splashes to Tim Horner. Well, that's not a surprise. It's tag team action now for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner, at a total combined weight of 485 pounds, the grappler and his partner, grappler number two. Just call the grapplers. In the blue corner, <laughs> 238 pounds from New York City, Vinny Romeo. And his partner at 236 pounds from Portland, Oregon, Jesse Barr. Grappler number stepped him. Got him in a backbreaker. Tony Atlas will be here. We'll show you some filmed highlights of one of the most powerful men in the world, Mr. USA. There goes the grappler. Oh, Benny Romeo's arm had to feel that pain. The grappler twist, top wrist lock, and the count. Much more tougher than one grappler. It's two grapplers, and they're victorious in this tag team match. All right, Ben, the next match, we have a hangman here with us. Is that... This is a non-title event for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 275 pounds from the big sky country of Montana, Rick the Hangman Harris. And in the blue corner at 242 pounds, the man who after defeating Killer Khan in Jackson, Mississippi on September 22nd, second time holder of the Mississippi heavyweight champion, Mr. Olympia. Mr. Olympia, a lot of wild things happen. Mr. Olympia coming up next. Tony Atlas, one of the strongest men in the world. A man that can bench press 600 pounds. Can do five repetitions with 500 pounds. In the Mr. USA contest this weekend in New York City. Tremendous move by Mr. Olympia. Sleeper. He's got it. The crowd comes to its feet. And the 
Sleeper gains the victory for the champion of the state of Mississippi. See, Sleeper hold ends the match. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, yeah, you really don't. And Ben, now we have well, now we have a Tony Atlas promo. Oh, that, that's very interesting. I don't, I don't know how many Tony Atlas promos I've heard. To tell you the truth. Yeah. returning to the area, one of the greatest wrestlers in the sport today, one of the most exciting wrestlers is to watch in action. But all thing I gotta say, my main man, Jump John Dog, he told me, he said, look, Tony, things are getting a little bit out of hand here in the Mid-South. We want you to come down here, Tony, and do your thing like you know how to do it. So in the Mid-South, one Tony Atlas is coming, and he ain't coming to play around, he ain't coming to sugar jam, he's coming for Funky like he never got funky before. God, what? <laughs> and following oh, that promo, I'm a little scared. Following that promo, we cut to a match that that was in progress. Uh, the match in its entirety lasted thirty minutes, and these are the closing moments of Tony Atlas versus Grand Marcus. earlier. He's on the way to the Mid-South area. Now we join him in the final moments of a long and grueling battle in Houston, Texas. against one of the toughest athletes Mexico has ever produced, El Gran Marcus. A man who's renowned throughout the world and the leader of the banner of wrestlers that have gained such international fame out of Mexico. Men like Mel Mascaras. What a great victory for that young man and he'll be here on Mid-South Wrestling in the very near future. Now let's go to Reese Bob in the ring to introduce this next bout. This is a non-title event for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 265 pounds from Omaha, Nebraska, the North American heavyweight champion, Ted DiBiase. And in the blue corner at 245 pounds from St. Joseph, Missouri, Mike Bond.
physically beat up Mr. Olympia last week. He had to be carried from this ring. And here comes the junkyard dog, Dick Murdoch, like knights in shining armor to the rescue. But what the people didn't see, because we went off the air, what the people didn't see was my partner and I annihilate the junkyard dog and Dick Murdoch physically and beat him up and embarrass him right here on television. And Mid-South continues to sign contracts with me to defend the North American title against these two guys. I can't understand that. If they were both here, if neither one of them were here, I'd bring them back in the ring right here today and settle this thing and whip them for all you people to see. Now, Rissa, too, you come in here. I got something to say to you, too. Now, get your tail in here, too. You're another one. You're another one. We're going around Mid-South telling everybody that you think I'm the instigator. I'm the one that instigated this thing between you and the grappler. That I'm the one that instigated him coming out here and using your knee and your mask and physically and publicly embarrassing you. Well, let me tell you something. I don't have to do that. The grappler doesn't like you anyway. I think he's got a better knee than you. And he didn't try to embarrass you, mister. He did embarrass you. And the other thing, here you are coming down out of Atlanta, oh supposed to be my friend. Tell oh, everybody how disappointed you are that I've changed my style. Coming here to be an unbiased official. And trying to cause my partner and I to lose the Mid-South Tag Team titles. Well, you're in the ring right now. So if you want to go ahead and take a shot at me, because I am a wrestling champion, you got your chance right now. We don't have to wait till we get to an arena. We don't have to wait till we get to the arena, too. We'll do it right here, and I'll show you, and you, and all of you people, that I'm the North American champion, and I'm proud of it. Number one, number two. Well, hey, DiBiase, I don't see no anchor around your leg, so if you want to get it on now, brother, let's do it. Hey, DiBiase, at 265 pounds from Omaha, Nebraska. And at 236 pounds from Atlanta, Mr. Wrestling 2. This event is one fall or an hey, eight. Hey, that's a the bill, Bill. My oh, boy Fierce, you hear the crowd going two, 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 two. And Ted DiBiase has just run his alligator mouth into another confrontation here on Mid-South oh, Wrestling. And I'll guarantee you, he's picked on somebody that will stick you. The more the longer he sticks in it, the better he gets. He's got all that knowledge and all that courage. Basically, this match George Blatt, a great competitor, passed his prime in the time. The cameras rolled and they showed the ending of the match the following week. Maybe uh, he do that here as well. Say that he and yeah. Hacksaw Dugan had humiliated Junkyard Dog and Dick Murdoch. Boy, that all went off the air and the fans at home didn't see it. Alright, so he, like I was just saying, um, that match uh, went way past uh, TV time. So, cameras kept rolling and we will find out the results of that match on the following week. The follow- on the following week's episode. But oh. now... We have our final segment. We have Wrestling Roulette. Yes, sir. We will be back shortly while I get the playlist together. All right, Wrestling Roulette.
I played 21 themes, 10 seconds, and uh, my co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. Here we go. God, I I, re- I recognize a song. Uh, pass. Really? Yeah. I, okay, I'm, that's that's Bailey. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. Fuck. Big dog. Hello. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that was very warranted. My bad. I don't know. That is King Woods. Okay, they need to stop that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Michelle. Candace Michelle. Alright, here we go. Track number four. Jesus, these are starting out difficult. Um, I really don't ha- have any clue. That is Casey Cadenzaro and... Caden Carter. Oh, okay. Def Rebel, do do better. You what suck. You God. Def Rebel sucks. Oh, let me replay that. Tajiri. Tajiri. Two and three. Oh. Here we go. Gold dust? No. That is Lex Lex Luger. Oh, okay, that makes sense, okay. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not getting off to a good start here, but that—that that is swerve. Oh, okay. 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 So, uh, two and five. Go, yeah. Try eight. Cesaro. Uh, 
Although he did use it here, I have the real Americans. But it, but it still counts because he did use that. So you know. Yeah, I'll go three and f- five. Okay. <laughs> Damn, I almost forgot to pause. I was getting into the music. Uh, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon. Um, the Rockers? The Rockers. Five and five. All right. Track number 11. Call to me, call to me. I don't think we ever had this one on in here. Um. Um. Um, fuck, I, I don't know. Well, she is a legend. Summer Ray. No, she's not. Fuck off. <laughs> you remember, you remember when, they, when they called her a legend? When I, when I for saw what? What, the what? Down, I was like, for what? What? Did, what? what did she do? <laughs> Alright, five and six. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, six and six. Track 13, here we go. Yeah, I don't know. That is T-Bar. Well, of course I wouldn't. No one's like, we're not like, yeah, <laughs> right. on the fucking show. Do you watch right. me the event? Do you watch me the event? No. Does anyone that, that, watch that, me that, that, that's, that's why we haven't seen him. He's on the main event. We know what watches me the event. Alright, six and seven. Here we go. Track. Oh. Alright. So track 14, Ben. That's on a remix to the Power Rangers theme, piece. Um, yeah, I, I'm just gonna be honest with you, folks. I'm having a bad night here. I don't, I don't know. And that is Tony Storm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, six and eight. Here we go. I, I guess if I was a nerd, I'd be banned from her OnlyFans. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that desperate. I'm not gonna pay for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, track 15. Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, 7 and 8. eight. Here we go, track 
Is that Drew McIntyre? Yes. I love that theme. That's yeah, so cool. Okay, eight and eight. Alright, track 17. That is Colonel Mustafa. Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I I don't even know who Colonel Mustafa is. The Iron Sheik. Okay, well, uh, moving on. (laughs) Alright, so, uh, wait. Yeah, eight and nine. Yes. I hate it when it ends before the beat even drops because it makes it very hard to pick it up. I, I don't know. I'm just going to say it's just... That is Peyton Royce. Well, no wonder. I don't give a fuck. Hey. Okay, <laughs> 8 and 10. Track 19. Here we go. Mustafa Ali or like Retribution or something? No. That is Drew Gulak. Oh, fuck off. All right. And this one is called Totally Drew. Ah, fuck's sake. Can we release Drew Gulak, please, just so you don't have to be embarrassed like this any front? All right, you ready? Track 20. Okay. Broken Matt Hardy. Broken Matt Hardy. Yes. Wait, twenty. Last one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. So nine and uh, eleven. Yes. Evan Bourne is becoming the new Undertaker of Rock. Alright, 10 and 11. So not bad considering how I started. Well, you have, there were a lot of NXT themes on there. Yeah, and I, I don't... The C- CFO sucks now. The Death Rebel sucks. Yes, they do. Alright, so... Bring back Jim Johnston. <laughs> right. Well, even he had a couple of uh, misses, but not as many as Defrable and CFO. Definitely. Alright, so um, for Time Warp next week, we are going back to February 6, 1987 for the live one, and then um, the TV tapings. Uh, actually, we're going to look at, we're going to do that the follow-up show for the week after the one we just did. 
Okay. So yeah. we got, and then uh, following that one, we we're gonna do July seventh, nineteen eighty three. Okay. Cool. All right. So Ben, we should bring the show to a close. Yes, sir. All right, that's it. Another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. See you later, guys. And um, and don't forget, we're coming up on a uh, very historic episode. This was episode 198, so we are drawing closer. And Elio, you and I got to figure out what we're going to do for the magical 200, my friend. Two, more, the- two more shows. But in the meantime, folks, he's Elio Canella. I've been Ben Pierce, and trust me, I am a better Pierce than Adam Pierce, especially why he's uh, presented on on TV. And uh, this is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next Saturday.